Welcome to God Incidents. I'm AJ Hushka, and with me today I have Dr. Rod. Good morning, Dr. Rod. Good morning, AJ. Been waiting expectantly and excited to start this podcast. Me too. I'm so excited. Uh, the way we met is has a little history to it, and I think that brings us to why we're here today. And I think we need to share that with our listeners of what is a God incidence and how that's played a role in bringing you and I together. Exactly. And they seem to happen in the daily life, obviously. So our daily interactions in business and downtown led to some conversations. And we went from thinking of things as coincidence to God incidents, even in terms of this podcast. Exactly. That's so true. I I know leading up to this conversation, I've been having conversations with uh, a good friend of mine and just talking through what has led her to believe in a higher power. And she was sharing with me just the process of giving birth, of conceiving and carrying that child and giving birth and how at the end of it, all of these things have to align just perfectly and that that can't be a coincidence. And right there, I kind of stole your term and said, yeah, it's a God incidence. That's exactly what helps us define or put meaning to these things that happen in our life that have a lot of things that have to align just perfectly to come. Well, you didn't steal it. You sort of gave it birth. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I love it. Yeah. So what Carl Jung says is that synchronicity which is that awareness of things that are non-empirical that things that that is things that cannot be tested by material science that those things which are also called trans-empirical beyond the realm of just materialism those things are so powerful in understanding this concept of god incidents and carl jung talked about synchronicity Unfortunately, many of his editors and those who recorded what he did were not able to relate to that. So they called it sort of like one of his idiosyncrasies and they didn't follow that up. But we're following it up because when I met you, there was this interesting event. And I want to share just a minute. Can I do that? Yes, please do. So I was taking an Artist's Way course, the Artist's Way, to discover my inner child more my artistic part that I think I have kind of subjugated to practical concerns and work and all kinds of things and as I was doing that my mentor said you need to start a podcast and I went wow that's what I want the next week I walk into the bank and what happened I look at you and I say hey I'm starting a podcast and you're co-hosting it with me. <laughs> right. Without any, like, you know, any other information. You just said that. And I went, bingo, God incidents. Right. God is there. And that's whether you call it God or a higher power or this touch in our lives has so many names. We don't want to leave anybody out. We want to include everyone. But it's it's this journey of how you found this higher power in your life. And 
I would love to share my story, Dr. Rod. Are you ready for this? I really want to hear it. You know, and you mentioned something that I think our listeners are going to pick up on. Wendell Berry, one of my favorite writers, who's farmed a 40-acre piece in Kentucky with horses all his life, writes books with pencils, has written over 40 books. He says that there is this all-inclusiveness to understanding who we are and how we are connected, not just to our faith, to our business, to our families, but to the universe, to the ultimate story of our lives, of who we are, that that connection leads to an all-inclusiveness kind of a seeing life as a whole, which is exciting. Yeah. And makes life, even the business life or the, you know, what we call mundane activities, carry more weight. I think that's beautiful. It gives me goosebumps as we just go through the world we're living in. And and I think it can relate across time is that we tend to focus on the things that we are different from others in and it divides Mm. us and it pulls us apart. And I think you and I are really focusing on how we bring people together and what are those things that help us share and experiences in our lives together brings us together and just really helps us fulfill our lives and enjoy life because right now things can be bleak Mm, uh, you got to tell your story this is good so give us all right you got here so i have been or i was raised catholic um from birth and that journey or my experience with religion i i to the most extent thought it was just a normal experience for most people it probably took me until adulthood to realize that i was maybe a little different than most people um but being raised catholic i feel like god started off in my mind as a very authoritative figure so he was a he and he was a father figure and he was um, disciplinary. And if you sinned, you were in trouble. And there was this um, threat of going to hell. And it was a very fearful experience of religion. Like it just was a constant reminder in my life that you need to follow the rules and you need to do things correctly. Um, Throughout my childhood, I went to church every Sunday. We had religion courses on Wednesday evenings, and I was someone who prayed on a regular basis and had a connection with God from an early, early age where I felt like at any point in time I could communicate with God and talk with God, and I found that in my prayers— conversation came very naturally and I felt heard and that was a very comforting feeling for me as a child Mm. Uh, I feel as I grew older God transformed in my eyes so God became more motherly she was more forgiving and she had capacity to take on things greater than my own understanding as a human. And it really transformed in my mind of you can make 
mistakes and you're going to experience life, but God will always be there to carry you and hold you and comfort you Mm. more like a mother that it's not a, I'm constantly watching you to see where you make a mistake or you fall short and then judging you for that. It's of, I'm going to be here to support you. And in those moments where life seems bleak, there I am. Mm, I love that. And it's so powerful in understanding that our view of God is so conditioned on our ability to translate it into our life. For you to able to say, she, God, as a mother, it reminds me of the Psalms where the psalmist David says, I have comforted myself as a child is comforted at its mother's breast. So I am comforted by you, God, a suckling child. And in another place it says, as, as a hen gathers her chicks, so God gathers us close by, close into yeah. And and this so this whole idea of connectivity and fullness of life I think is what we're talking about not a restrictive or either or view but a both and. Yeah. I think it this conversation opens up, us up to how do you understand the things outside of yourself and how did how did you get there? Like what is that journey? I feel like as we all try to understand our journey and how we've come to this belief of a higher power. Everybody's is a little different. And I think that's the point of this podcast is we want to open it up that conversation and include all of these other stories of how you came or how you've come to know God, this higher power in your life. And that, that was the beginning of my journey of, I've always had this higher power in my life, although the view or feeling of it has changed throughout my experiences. Um, I feel like it's really helped me navigate life. Mm, yeah, I love that because I've on this journey in the artist's way, I've realized that so many of the great thinkers, the great composers, um, was thinking of Handel's Messiah how in a period of some 20 days, shut in his room, he basically said, God gave me, just gave me that peace. And how Michelangelo talked about the marble, just giving him the statue that was David, the beautiful carving from this marble. And how Carl Jung talks about that. Or Einstein, when he talks about the universe, and he says that, he didn't discover E equals MC squared by deduction, that is logical cognitive deduction, but rather by intuitive unity. Just as when you're listening to an orchestra, you don't need deduction to go, that is beautiful. Listen to those strings. Listen to that interplay. This is what we're talking about, is the interplay of all of life and including the unseen. Yeah. I think you need to tell us about this artist's way journey that you're on. Well, I think I've been on it 
most of my life, of course, we all have been on journeys we're not aware of until we look back in retrospect or something opens up, like we have this aha moment. And there's a portal through which to see, oh, that's why I've enjoyed storytelling or why I've enjoyed taking pictures of nature and putting on my Facebook. That's why I've loved to write poetry and tried to do watercolor, even from a child. But also, it was always repressed. It was always pushed back. And so the mental mind, the, the judgmental mind says, that's not practical. Or, who do you think you are wanting to do that? I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of our listeners could connect with that of having something in their lives that they were told, that's not accepted. That's not the way things are. That's not how we do things. But if that is who you are, and that part of you is being suppressed or told that it's wrong, how does that affect us as we develop and try to find the meaning of life? Right. The author of The Artist's Way uses the analogy of shadow or the word term shadow artist. We're in the shadow. We're in others' shadow. We're willing to do things. We love watching them develop. Sometimes we even get jobs where we're able to help others do that, but we're afraid ourselves to do that. To me, it's like the opening of a flower. The flower's there, but when is it most beautiful? It's when it's opened up and you can see all of that. So there's this vulnerability in the journey to become, in this case, to let your inner artist or your child come out and express those things, which do lead to creativity and energy. And it reminds me of Blake's poem where he says, to see the world in the opening of a flower and the universe in a grain of sand. What this God incidence does for me is that it allows me to see the large picture in the littlest places and the smallest things. So there is a unity to life and my journey has been in this artist way course, starting to do watercolor, starting to draw and experience things and, and write in a way that doesn't immediately listen to that judgmental voice we talked about, whether it's in religion or it's parental, but that voice that says, no, you must be practical or something, you know, that's, that's where mine is. And so we have to let that voice go. That is a struggle. I agree. But it's how do you get there? How do you help yourself get there? Because whether it's being told that that is wrong as a child or that you can't be this part of yourself or this is not proper or whether it's just having the courage to try something new or go into a new experience how do we get to that point so here's what i can just offer in a nutshell the artist's way is actually modeled if you look closely after it it's 12 chapters it's like the 12 steps of aa and one of the keys because i've had close friends and others involved in aa the key is that in the beginning you must be willing to become vulnerable to ask to say I haven't got it. I can't get it by myself. This is not a, a me, myself, and I thing. 
This is a we thing. And I need the help of a higher power. So there is a willingness, I believe, in discovering this, that we are, in our spirit, we're willing to ask. We're willing to become open and vulnerable to all that might be out there. I remember one time praying with a person that said, I don't believe there's a God, there's no God. And I said, well, you can't prove that there is a God, but in the same way, you can't prove that there is not a God. So what if we just stopped and prayed, God, we don't know how to prove you or not, but we're praying that we might understand you. Carl Jung said when he was asked, do you believe? He said, I don't really believe, I know. This knowledge comes, I believe, as a gift, as an awareness. Again, I'm going to quote Wendell Berry. He says, we all have lives we would like to live, expectations from our family, our parents. But he said, We're, we have a given life, and that's the life we must learn to live, the one that's right here now. I believe that seeing God incidences is like a recovery, like an addiction to this wrong voice that we've been listening to. Yeah, I I think God incidents, it's almost helping you live in the moment. If you continue to put off life because you're that budding flower that's never going to show all of its petals or um, be admired in all of its beauty. And that's that's the thing is that if that's the outcome, if we were to envision that doing these things that we feel are beyond our reach, beyond our capability, but at the end of it, we're this beautiful flower, we get to show all of our petals. Hopefully that would give you the courage to take those leaps and have that experience. But so many of us are caught in that safe zone, whatever it may be around us that's holding us into that. And that we need to explore that. So I wanted to just follow up on your question. You talked about how do you get there? And I would kind of want to ask an alongside question here, which is how do you know you're caught? You don't. You don't know you're caught. (laughs) (laughs) So the... I agree with you that you don't know, but I think that there are indicators. Like, how do you know a flower is open? You can smell its fragrance. You can see the inside, the stamens, the pistils, the beauty of the inner part of the flower, which you all love to look at. That's where all the good stuff is, right? I think that we know we're caught when we can't say out loud about ourselves, I am beautiful. I am creative. I am in charge of how my life goes. It's no one else's charge. I am a wonderful example of God's work. When we can say something like that positive, and I believe when we can have the freedom, Scripture says that where the Spirit of God is, that spirit working from creativity, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's a sense of freedom. And I would just say to the listeners and in my own life, when that freedom isn't there, when we can't sense that we are freed up from the voice, from the religious overtones, from the things that have put us in bondage or created this habit right, of denial that we are creative, that we are this special stuff. 
that we're wonderful and beautiful. If we can't say that about ourselves and sense that liberty, I believe we're caught. We're in the addiction. We're the drug of the condemnation keeps trying to drive us through guilt to do something more, better, farther, push harder. And that's not the route, just like with the alcoholic. More alcohol does not lead to deliverance. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like we're stuck in this line of life. Like, here's my line of life, and I can't get off the track because off the track is not safe. But off the track is where you're going to find the peace and the flower Mm -hmm. and just the beauty in life, but we're not taking the time to go there. And that's, I feel like I'm at that point in my life. I I know you and I have had conversations and um, reflecting on those conversations the other day, it was interesting because you were describing me in a couple of conversations that we have had And the words that you use to describe me, I actually had to journal about that because I'm like, how do I see myself in that light? And how beautiful would that be if we gave encouraging words to describe others and how powerful that can be to help them find who they are outside of this maybe straight line of life of being on the tracks. But that resonated with me when you had just said like, you're a very easy person to talk to. I can open up and I'm like, I hope I give that to everybody, right? Like, right, I want right. to be described as that. I would never sit and describe myself as that. Maybe as the flower doesn't mm. describe itself as beautiful. But that's what I kind of think about is how can I help be that for other people to help them open up and share their beauty as if you recognize it and in the moment you tell them that. Mm. Exactly. So finding it involves other people. And this connectivity is beautiful because I believe this really shows where all things go. That is, we were created to be in community, not in individuality alone. We are individuals, but not created to live only in that world, but actually to blossom into community. And this brings up the whole world of nature and how flowers and trees, there's so many amazing things about community. Birds, I was showing you the martins this morning, how they all get together and talk and they build this up and then they fly (laughs) it once out and, and then they come back and they talk and it builds up again. What's happening is that when we are turned toward this openness, and again, I want to reference the artist's way and my personal experience, I have been an ordained Lutheran pastor for 39 years, all right? I just preached a sermon on the Good Samaritan, which just amazed me in what bringing the artist's way insight in to look at that sermon. And I was looking at it, and I realized as I was preaching it that so often we want other people to be the good neighbor. Like the Good Samaritan is, you know, this person's dying and was robbed and these people come by and one's very religious and one's very upstanding in the community. And finally this person who's sort of an outcast comes by and takes the time to help the person and that becomes the Good Samaritan. But the question is asked, who is my neighbor by one of these people, you know, these religious people? Who is my neighbor, Jesus? And Jesus tells this whole parable And in the end, he says, so who was the neighbor? 
You see? Yeah. Like, not yeah. who is my neighbor, but it's saying you become the good neighbor and you'll see who is the good neighbor. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what this does when the God incidence is working, when, this, when we sense this larger we realize that we are an integral part, a beautiful part of everyone else becoming beautiful. And then life changes for us because we are activated. Like we're not just passive blobs in somebody's, you know, making money or some educational system. We become the verb. Okay, as Paulo Freire says in education, unless you become the verb in your educational sentence, you will never understand what it is to truly learn and come alive. You must become the verb. So can you say today, AJ, I am the verb. No, I can't say I'm the <laughs> verb. I want to get there, though. That sounds amazing. So this is what we're looking at. And um, this verb means that we take responsibility and we take on this creative role that unless we accept it, of course, we can't do it. It's sort of like you must enter into it, the risk, right? Right. Before you can truly experience that special something. And we all know this from our lives, taking that step, doing that thing that we never did. And I just hope people are listening don't die not having tried to do that thing that their inner child and all their life they've wanted to try to do. And this is one of the things with in-death experiences. There are three things people regret usually. They regret not spending more time in relationships. They spent too much time in business or in making money or in these activities they were told to do. All right. They also regret not trying to do that thing that they sense they should risk but they were being held back by something, this voice, this fear. Sometimes it's shame, condemnation. Oh, what would they say? You right. know? Yeah. What would they say? <clears throat> so I hope that helps you understand as a listener that this journey is about fullness of life. It isn't about religion. It's discovering God is about discovering our creativity, our potential and our connectiveness to the whole cosmic thing. I love that. And I think that's a great place to end this conversation on that thought of what if that higher power is already in all of us, but we're just not listening to it. Mm. It's there in every single one of us. So I think that's where we leave our listeners today on that thought of, Listen for that higher power in you and then tune in next time and we'll explore it a little further. Beautiful. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, Dr. Rod. As always, it's been a pleasure. Don't skip past the moments of your life.